Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. But I do want to just give a brief bio because I know some people don't know me. So how many in this room are here by the mercy and the goodness of God, right? It's the mercy and the goodness of God that he has transformed us, that he has brought us into the glorious light and, and, and allowed us to partake of his heart in the earth. And so um, I stand here just to share really briefly, I stand here by the mercy and the goodness of God. I was a young man who grew up in the church. My mom would take me to church every Sunday. I did not know anything about Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about an authentic relationship with Jesus. I just knew I needed to follow rules. I, ne- I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. How many know that that will not keep you? You need a living and authentic relationship with Jesus where you're giving, you're receiving, you're giving, you're receiving, you're pouring out the love that he pours over you. It's, 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 a, it's beautiful that we can have fresh encounters with Jesus on a consistent basis, right? And, um, and so here I am, you know, a, a young man, uh, I, I walked away from the, from the Lord about 15. At about 12 years old, my dad slowly began to step out of my life. Um, I'd say around, around then is when I really started to shake because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my identity. My father was no longer in my life as he was. And uh, I got wrapped. I, I was very familiar with the urban culture, the urban community. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, all my friends were African-American. I just grew up in that culture. And so I, I began, how many know when you, when you don't have a father figure or you, or you don't have a, a, a role model to look up to, you're searching, you're looking, you're trying to find. And, and ultimately, it's that longing in our heart for the father, right, for the father in heaven. And, and so here I was, I, 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 I found some older guys who had everything my flesh desired, and, and they began to take me under their wing. And long story short, I fell into the street culture, super deep into the street, street culture, began to sell drugs. I began to do drugs, um, was in and out of jail, would been arrested multiple times. There was times where uh, I was looking at, you know, seven to 14 years for, for things that I didn't do. And I know that every time it was the mercy of God just reminding me. And, and I even remember through that journey, like always I just remember through that journey, like even looking back, I can just see every time the mercy and the hand of God kept me and he didn't let me go too far. And it came to a point where there was actually like, th- I believe it was 36 or 37 murders in my city within a three-month period. They were all drug-related. I found myself, um, a group of people wanted to murder me, and I found myself plotting in my own heart with my friends, hey, if, I, we, we got to do this before they do this to us. And so here I was, maybe 19 years old, in the streets, didn't have any direction, and I'm, I'm sitting here like plotting to, to murder somebody. And honestly, I wasn't really about that life. I would ride around with sawed-off shotguns. I would sell drugs. I would smoke. I would do all these things, but it really wasn't who I was. I was a broken young man, didn't have any direction. And I remember I had to leave every, I literally, it was the mercy of God. Two days later, I left and I went and I moved to Virginia. At the time I was living in Florida, I went to Virginia, boom, got sucked. How many know when you don't have Jesus, you, the, the, the devil brings the right people into your life? Boom, get sucked into it even greater, go even deeper into it, even go into a season of, of getting married to a woman who were selling drugs together, even in a season where it began to actually, um, my best friend, I would say the most spiritually dead season of my life, I was actually a best friend with a pimp. For two years, and I got engulfed into the prostitution ring, understood it. I never actually, like, functioned in it. My heart began to hurt for the women, and his name was Lazarus. 
And I always look back that my best friend's name in the most death, dead, deadly spiritual time of my life, his name was Lazarus. You know, and, and, and in that moment, you know, I, I, I shift from out of that by, by God's mercy, and I get into a bad car, car accident. I go head first through the windshield. I'm brain, brain damaged. My brain's swollen for nine months. I'm bedridden. They're saying I have to learn how to do everything all over again. But God... But Jesus, and, and, I, and long story short, I get to a place in March 2014 where I'm in my bedroom, and I begin to cry out to this Jesus that I heard about my whole life, you know, and, and I said, Jesus, you know, I, I want to know you for myself. I don't want to know you through a church building. I, wanna, I don't want to know you through someone else. I want to encounter you. If you're real, I give you everything. I was met with the reality of sin in my life, and I realized that I couldn't even stop sinning without a Savior. And I began to cry, I said, God, set me free from my sin. And in my room that night, the power of the Holy Spirit by myself came. And, you know, in the Word it says that there's a man by the name of John the Baptist who baptized people in water unto repentance, but there's one who comes after me, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit in fire. And in my room, I remember it was like electricity shot through my body. I remember I was, speak, I was praying tongues. I remember I was speaking like 40 different languages over a four-hour period, trembling, sweating, like liquid love flowing through my body, and it was done. And I knew what the Bible meant. It says you become a new creation in Christ, and your old man dies, and you become brand new, that you become set free from the slavery of sin, and you become a slave to righteousness. And in that moment, every desire, he said he takes your heart of stone, and he makes it a heart of flesh. And man, by God's mercy here I stand, I just wanted to give you a brief bio of kind of a little bit of my background, where I come from, um, and then kind of jump into real quick, me and my wife are burning hearts. My wife has been a part of the, the House of Prayer movement for almost 15 years before she moved to Lakeland. We have a huge heart for just prayer and intercession, and we believe that nothing is birthed outside of prayer and intercession, and, and God wrecked our hearts for to live missionally. So when you begin to give your life to prayer and intercession, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, that he begins to birth mission through you. He begins to birth a missional heart in, in and through you. So we've had the honor and privilege um, give glory to God. We have had the honor and privilege to go to about close to 20 different nations. We've seen all types of cultures from persecuted nations to, yeah, we've just seen so many, so many realms of kingdom, of religion, so many realms of Christianity, so many different cultures of Christianity, and we're so thankful that the Lord would allow us to partner in his heart for the nations. We have a huge heart for the nations. We actually just got back from Iraq about three weeks ago, and um, just even real quick, I want to just share this because I want this to be a reality that maybe catches your heart. So uh, in Iraq, I'm going to go real brief. In Iraq, we were going after the Isaiah 19 highway. I don't know if anyone has heard about the Isaiah 19 highway. It's a highway going from Egypt into Assyria, right? And the simplicity of this is in Isaiah chapter 19. Basically, revival needs to come to these nations before the return of Christ. Now, you're talking about Arab nations. Modern Assyria is the 14 nations in the Middle East, but more specifically Iraq. So you're talking about a highway that God builds. But even if you go into the book of Revelation, this is a huge part of the story of Israel. It's a huge part of God's burning heart for his end time story. So if you go if you go in and you really go into the book of Revelation chapter 22, how many know that there's a new Jerusalem that's going to come down? And Jesus is going to rule and reign for real, and we're going to rule and reign with him in a new Jerusalem that comes down, and it literally says that it's 1,200 cubits by 1,200 cubits, which is 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. If you bring that down in the centrality of that being Jerusalem, the foundation of the new Jerusalem is the Isaiah 19 highway. So it's literally God not just designed a birth revival in those nations, but it's actually in preparation for the new Jerusalem to come down, that it would be a foundation. And even when you look in, in, in prophetic, prophetic, how many know that God burns for the Jews? God burns for his people. He burns for Israel, right? And so if you look prophetically, there's going to be a time and a season where it's going to get very hard in Israel and the Jews are going to have to flee. And oh, that they would find in the surrounding nations that they flee to, that they 
would find friends of the bridegroom, that they would find ones who were once Muslim, now, they're, that now they're, their hearts are centered on the Messiah, and they've come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they begin to take in these Jews, right? And they begin to, 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 to be a refuge to the Jews, even to a measure of, imagine like Adolf Hitler and, um, and the Nazis, right? How they would, they would bring in the Jews. They literally laid down their life for the Jews. I think it's going to be an even greater world scale, and it's going to be like a, a table before the world where we'll literally see ex-Muslims lay down their life for the Jews in Israel, and, and, and the Jews in Israel will, will see this, and they will actually be drawn to jealousy because they're... And, and how many know that, that a huge part of, of the, the salvation of Israel and the Jews is them being drawn to jealousy through the Gentiles, right? And there's, and there's an even bigger story of the, of, the, uh, of the reconnection of Isaac and Ishmael, you know, and, and the lineage. So it's a huge part of the end time story of the Lord. Um, I could get into more of it, but I, I want to encourage you that that's part of God's heart. He burns for Israel. He burns for the Arab nations. And so that's something that we really go after. But we also do a lot here in our own city. We burn for the urban community. That's where I came out of. My wife grew up in Crime Hills in Orlando. That's where we, at, we actually met on the mission field within the worst hood of Central Florida where, where they were giving their life. They were giving their life, laying down their life to see God raise up disciples out of the darkest areas. And so, um, yeah, I just want to kind of share that now. I kind of want to get into it real quick. Um, I know I only have a certain amount of time, but so let me ask you, I want to ask you guys a question. How many in this room are in full-time ministry or in full-time missions? I want you to raise your hand. Okay. Okay, let's pray. We'll hold that thought. Let's pray. Yes, so Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much, God, for, your, for the honor and privilege to be here today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're the one who convicts us of sin and righteousness. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Would you increase your presence here? You're our teacher. You're our helper. You're our counselor. You're the one who... And who enlightens the eyes of our heart that we can see Jesus, that we can carry his heart in a greater measure. And God, we even thank you, God, that, that the reality of prayer and, and mission, God, where our hearts burn, God, for, for you, but our hearts burn for people. So God, we, we just pray that you would do what you desire to do today, that you would move me to the side, that you speak through me. God, that you would be glorified, that your word would run swiftly and be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so good news, right? I saw, you know, maybe about 25% of you lifted up your hand. Well, I want to encourage you today that each and every one of you are in full-time ministry that each and every one of you are, have a full-time mission, that there's an assignments that God has for you. And that's something that we're going to jump into. And I think sometimes subconsciously within the culture of our heart, we can, we can begin to see what, what does it look like to be in ministry. It's not just necessarily... In, in the religious realm, but no, to be in ministry is to be in your workplace. To be in ministry is to be before the Lord. And so we're just going to jump into some of that. I want to, I guess if I could give a title to the message, it's going to be called Love's Glorious Mission. Love's glorious mission. How many know everything is birthed out and from love? How many know that God is love? And, how, and, and I want to say glorious because it's what gives glory to Jesus. And that's what our lives are for, to give glory to God, to give honor to the king. Man, how many, how many are so grateful that we serve a beautiful king? We serve a beautiful king. And he's coming back one day. He's coming back one day, and he's going to reign from, there's another age to come. There's another kingdom that's coming. And uh, so I want to start in uh, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. So how many people in this room are in full-time ministry or have a mission for God? Let me hear you. Yeah, come on. Say, I do. I do. And 
today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for plucking us from darkness and giving us the light of Jesus in the dark world, right? And so um, I want to start real quick. I thought it was cool you brought up Heidi Baker. I want to say, too, man, like, just encourage you, Allison. Like, it was so impactful last Sunday, and, like, there's, your words were so seasoned with grace, and you can cut. The Lord uses you to cut, and, like, and I, so I just want to encourage you in that. Like, like, man, like, there's such a, like, a authentic love and, like, grace on you even for hard conversations and to really cut people by the, through the word of God by the spirit, you know? And so, um, but I want to start, you brought up Heidi Baker and I was actually going to share this. Uh, love, it is a small four-letter word that will cost you everything. Laying down your life, your passion, compassion, giving without expecting, feeling his very heartbeat, surrendering to his rhythm, and following the lamb wherever he goes. Love, it will cost you everything. It will cost you absolutely everything. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Family, my own heart, I'm preaching to myself the gospel so simple. This is the simplicity of the gospel wrapped up in two, two commandments. All of them hang on this, to love Jesus, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Sometimes we get caught up in, in doing or we get caught up in, 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 uh, in, in just the mundane of life and we forget that it's, this is the simple mission. The simple mission is to love Jesus well and to love people well, right? And so I want to share real briefly, I, it would say to love the Lord God with all your heart, right? When I think about heart, it means to love him exclusively, him and him alone. No other distant lovers, no other things in our heart that are taking first place. He's on the throne. He's the one that our hearts long for. He's the one that we ache for, right? That's loving the Lord with all our heart. Loving the Lord with all our soul is when we find satisfaction in him. Full satisfaction in him. Not in another person, not in ministry, not in... Um, not in a call when we find full satisfaction in Jesus. This is loving him with all our soul, with all our mind. When we make decisions to renew our mind, to set our mind on things above and not things below, to meditate on his word day and night, and to make decisions to obey his commands, to love him with all our mind. And then in, in, in Luke, it talks about strength. And I think about, man, to love the Lord God with all, all our strength. Man, and I saw a measure of that in Iraq or in Egypt or when I was in Pakistan. These people are facing persecution. It cost them everything to turn to Jesus. They're shunned from their families. I've heard the, the stories of death threats, bombings. They've seen family members die before them. These are realities and, and it literally cost them everything. And in the face of that, to love God with all our strength is to love him in the face of every trial, in the face of every hard time, in the face of persecution. This is loving Jesus with all our strength. So can we ask ourselves, Jesus, how am I loving you today? How am I loving you? And out of this reality, out of this reality is intimacy, is friendship with God. And what happens is God begins to birth the reality inside you that there is an audience of one. In everything you do, in everything you say, what you do in secret, there is an audience of one. I don't just stand before you today. I stand before heaven. I stand before the Father. There's an audience of one in our lives. 
the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he begins to birth that reality in you. And, and even when I think about these two commandments, I think about loving God is, is prayer, intimacy, and intercession. And then loving your neighbor is mission. Loving your neighbor is evangelism. So I even re- reminded of there's been prophetic words even specifically over this body of intercession and evangelism, of intercession and evangelism, to love the Lord God with all our heart and to love our neighbor. And I'm telling you, I really believe today that there's a greater mobilization for this body that God desires to bring us into. How many say amen to that today? There is a greater mobilization for the harvest in Lakeland. There's a greater mobilization for those that that are in different spheres of influence. God wants to drop down permission slips tonight and tell you it's okay to burn and wherever you're found, whatever uh, realm of society that God has placed you in, you have permission to burn. You have permission to carry wild faith. You have permission to, to, to run in a mission and to bring the gospel and to share the love of Jesus with those around you. Loving the neighbor, loving our neighbor as ourself is that's living in mission. That's living in mission. That's living in ministry. You know, we're in him. It says that we're seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, right? And how many know that he is the great intercessor, that he is interceding for those around us? And if we're seated in him, that when we walk past somebody, he has prayers over their life, and we can actually come into his prayers over that person that we're walking past, over that person that's at the gas station, over that person who's a coworker. We can actually... We can actually hear and align our heart to the prayers of Jesus over that person's life and agree and begin to contend for that, right? And so living on mission. A beautiful part of this, too, is that when you seek to display God's, God, the outpouring of God's love to other people's lives, you will be tremendously blessed by the treasures that are inside of them. You will be blessed by the treasures of those that God sends you to. There's treasure on the inside of every person in the earth, and God has called you to go and to pull the treasure out. He's called you to go and reconcile them back to the Father. And I'm telling you that there's been so many times where I think I'm ministering to someone, but God is using them to minister to me. How many opportunities have we missed ministry from God's heart because we haven't been obedient to loving our neighbor? How many times? And and I want to encourage you, this is nothing I'm sharing today. There's no condemnation. I really just feel like God wants to shoot courage on the inside of us. He wants to shoot a, a burning heart to release the gospel, right? And so... Um, I want to jump real quick, too, to Luke 10. I'm going to go to Luke 10, 25 through 27. You know, sometimes people have that question, well, who is my neighbor, right? Who is my neighbor? What does that really mean? What does that really look like? Is that the person who lives next door to me? And, yeah, that's a measure of it for sure. What are we doing with those that live around us? But I, I kind of want to get into it. Jesus just, just talks about it. Luke 10, 25 through 27. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do in, to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will have life. I love that, that part. You will have life. Jesus is the one who gives life and life abundantly. When we do this, we will have life. We will be life givers. We will receive life. And then he says, but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man 
went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, man, it's almost 12 o'clock already. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked past by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So this story, one thing that sticks out to me in this story is sometimes we just need to slow down. We need to slow down, right? There's people that walk past. They're probably going to do things that they need to get done. They're worried about what their day is going on. And then there was one who stopped and showed mercy on him. How many know that you are actually the mercy of God? You are the mercy of God to somebody. You carry the mercy of God to somebody. And sometimes we just got to slow down. And, for, and, and you know, the greatest thing, you know, I'm even reminded of in this, in, in this passage is that self, self and selfishness are the greatest things that are at war with love. The greatest things. So sometimes we need to slow down. Like if we're in a grocery store, man, I got to get this, this, and this, and this. We got something going on tonight. Slow down. Take a minute. And this is what I love is that Holy Spirit's right there. And he's tapping you on the shoulder. And I want to, and, and this is, I don't want to get too much into this, but man, we have got to build relationship with Holy Spirit. He is a person. And he wants to be a friend to us. And he knows all things. He is the teacher, the counselor. He is the one who knows what's going on in the heart of the person that's across from you. He knows what's going on in your coworker's life. He knows what's going on in your business. Do you need wisdom? Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. Man, how crazy would it be if we built such a culture and cultivating a relationship and friendship with Holy Spirit in our everyday life? How many times would, would we be able and willing to be used by the Holy Spirit, right? And so I, I could go on and on about the Holy Spirit, but um, man, we need, let me, let me just pray, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us to slow down and acknowledge you in our everyday life, that we would slow down and acknowledge you in every sphere of influence, every desire that you have to, to reveal Jesus to us. And uh, Holy Spirit, we say we desperately need you. We desperately need you, Holy Spirit. Help us to just grow in friendship and be tender to when we grieve you and when we hurt your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> oh, man. So I know, I know I'm kind of running low on time. You know, real quick, I want to share this scripture. I just, it just kind of shot. What is it? So Jesus, right, it says that he's taken us out of the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son of love. His, the kingdom of his son of, son of love. This is one reality that we need to get caught up in as well, the kingdom. That there is a kingdom that we don't see with our eyes and that we function from. And there's a king who reigns over that kingdom that we can partner with him, right? And from that kingdom, there's supernatural there's signs and wonders, there's healings, there's miracles, there's these realities, there's words of, how many know that God's word is not just word, but it's power? 
It's not just enticing words of man's wisdom, but it's a demonstration of his spirit. And I'm telling you, you as sons and daughters of the living God are called to demonstrate his kingdom, that all of creation is groaning, waiting earnestly for the sons and the daughters of God to break forth. And I'm telling you today that you are a son and a daughter of God. You carry the authority of heaven on the inside of you. You carry that. And when I think about a kingdom, I think about <clears throat> I think about there's cultures in a kingdom. So I'm just going to go down real quick. There's cultures in the kingdom, there's cultures of love that if we went after in a biblical from a biblical standpoint and reality, and we began to hold ourselves accountable to those realities, man, it would birth the kingdom of God. It would birth the love of God. Boom, joyful repentance. Finding joy in repenting to one another. I could share a story of when one time a brother of mine that I'm close to, uh, it was maybe six years ago, we began to weep and repent to one another because we had jealousy in our hearts towards one another. And we wept over one another and prayed over one another and humbled ourselves and said, man, I have jealousy towards you. Well, I have jealousy towards you too. We need to get this out. And I'm telling you, it's in those moments, there's so much fruit that is born. And, and how can we rejoice and joyfully, like, dang, I can't believe I felt that in my heart. And how, when's the last time we've went to someone and said, bro, I felt jealousy in my heart towards this person or even towards you? Right? God's after those places in our heart. So joyful repentance, that was, just a, that was just an example, a courageous heart, right? Holding each other accountable to a courageous heart. You have a courageous heart in Christ Jesus, right? So when we're out in a group setting or we're out eating dinner or we, someone we know feels a nudge to go talk to somebody, but we feel like they feel fearful. No, we begin to speak in identity into them. And we say, no, you're courageous in Christ. You carry the heart of God. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you. And we begin to lose courage. What if we had a culture of courage loosers where all we did was lose courage in one another, right? That's a kingdom culture. Radical servanthood. <clears throat> Lord, help my voice. Radical servanthood. You know, serving, serving is an honor. It's not motivated by praise. It's not motivated by people seeing us. What if we had a culture of crazy, radical servants where everyone is radically serving one another, right? That's a culture of the kingdom, right? I, and, and, and if I see my brother trying to serve where no one sees him, right, but I, I see it and I go up to him and I say, radical servant. Bro, you're a radical servant. And we begin to stir one another to good works. We begin to stir one another to, to servanthood, right? That's a culture of the kingdom. You have speaking life, right, speaking life over people. Actually, real quick, I want you to stand up, the person next to you. I want you to stand up. Everybody stand up. <clears throat> and I want you to take one minute and speak life into the person next to you, the person to your right. Just speak life. Amen. Now, how, how amazing would it be if we continue to create a culture of speaking life to our neighbor? of speaking life, when we come into the body on a Sunday morning, how many know you're not just called to receive, you're actually called to pour out, that you should be so full of Jesus that, when, that you're actually scanning the room and saying, Jesus, who can I bless? Who can I prophesy over? Who can I encourage? Who can I lose faith into? Right? What if we came with, with that heart posture on every Sunday morning or wherever we're found? That when we see somebody who's struggling, we begin to declare life over them. And we had a culture of that reality. Uh, I could keep going, but um, present-centered living, 
right? It's all about Jesus and his presence, communion with him, gratitude and thanksgiving, having, stirring a culture of thanksgiving. When we hear our brother complaining, no, bro, what are you thankful for? It's time to give thanksgiving for something because you shouldn't be complaining. You shouldn't be worrying. Focus on, on, on what, what to be thankful for. And what if we stir the culture of thanksgiving within our hearts and within a body? Wild faith. Wild and extravagant faith, right? Where unbelief doesn't have room. Where unbelief actually has to leave. It doesn't have place in our hearts. It doesn't have place in our homes, in our community. Where we're actually men men and women of wild faith. I might have to. Unoffendable heart. An unoffendable heart. We will suffer rejection and hurt. But we would, we would be a people that cultivate quick forgiveness, loving and blessing those who hurt us. Unoffendable heart, soul winning. Everyone is a soul winner. Everyone is called to do the work of an evangelist. Everyone carries the gospel. The great commission is for each and every one of us. All of us are called to be soul winners. All of us are called to, 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 to share the love of God. Teachability and discipleship. Teachability and discipleship. I think about humility with that, where we're all teachable and we're all ready to receive correction with an open heart. If a brother or sister comes to us with something hard, we have a heart that says we receive it. I receive what you're saying. Right? If we had a culture of people being able to speak the hard thing or the thing that might cut. But it's God's love. Imagine if we had cultures like this built in a body and we begin to function and hold each other accountable to those realities. And, we see, and when we see a brother and sister that aren't functioning in one of those cultures, we begin to call them higher. We begin to tell them who they are in Christ and what the truth of the word is, right? All right, I'm, I'm going to start to land the plane. You guys okay? I'm sorry. I know I went a little over Mission, your sphere and influence, right? Your sphere and influence, you're on a mission field. Yes, a mission field is overseas, but you're on a mission field. And I'm not talking about dominion theology. I'm not talking about go and like we're going to subdue the whole earth before Jesus comes back. No, but what I'm talking about is that we're not just a people and a bride that are just waiting for Jesus to come back. No, we have a, we have a mission, It's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of God. But how will they know if no one preaches? How will they know if no one tells them, right? And you have a mission, whether you're in family, in your family, in in the government, in business, education, media, arts, entertainment, religion. Like, what would it look like? As well, like these are just questions I ask myself and I ask the Lord consistently. What would it look like in a body if everyone who's in the realm of education started to gather together on a consistent basis and started to contend for God's heart missionally in the realm of education in our city? God, what do you want to do in education in our city? And we began, and you guys began to contend as a family in the same sphere of influence or business. How many business owners in this room, if all the business owners would get together and they start to contend for God's desires or government, those who burn for the place of government, if all the government people would come together on a consistent basis and begin to ask God, what does it look like for government? What, is it, what do you want to do in our city in government? And, and begin to, to, to really like to, to, to see God come in the spheres of society to bring the kingdom of God in the earth, not just with, that would actually help to transform a city. It would actually help to transform a city, Right? So, again, um, J- Justin, would you mind coming up here? And just, thank you so much, bro. Can everyone stand up with me real quick? <clears throat> so I'm encouraging you today that there is a mission on your life, that there is an assignment on your life as a son and daughter of the living God, as one's who carry the King King Jesus in the earth 
to be a light into darkness. There is a mission on your life. There are even specific assignments and specific seasons that God has for you. If you know your assignment, praise God. If you don't know your assignment, the Lord longs to share it with you. He longs for you to partner with him. It's co-laboring with Jesus, right? And that's what I love about mission, right? We don't have to do it alone. We have a body. We have Holy Spirit. And we have the heart of the Father, right? So... Real quick, I, I feel this too. I, I keep hearing that. I've kept hearing that scripture all week, right? Where Jesus says, the harvest is white. The harvest is white. Just look up and behold, the harvest is white and it's ready. I'm telling you that there is a harvest that's ready. There's a harvest that's ready in this city. There's a harvest that's ready in your sphere of influence, but even specifically in this city. And I really feel the heart of the Lord desiring to mobilize even us as a body in a greater measure to contend for the harvest, to, to make disciples of Lakeland, to make disciples, right, of Lakeland. And the beautiful thing about a body coming together to contend for the harvest like Brandon was saying, we all play a role. We're all needed. We all have a specific grace, a specific gift, and a specific anointing. And I encourage you to stay in your lane. Don't look to your left or to your right. You don't have to be like your brother or your sister. Be who God created you to be. Do what God created you to do. We need you to take your place. And I love that this body is a body where every joint supplies. I, I feel there's an even greater measure of that in regards to the harvest. I'm telling you, I, I, don't, I could talk so much on the harvest, but God's burning desire for the lost, for the broken, for those who are hurt and in need. And you carry the answer. We carry the answer. What would it even look like if in this body, and this is, I feel like this is going to be part of the call. I want to do a, a two altar calls. In this body, there's specific people that God has sent to this body or that are in this body that God has put a burning heart for the harvest on the inside of them to steward the harvest, to go after the lost. What would it look like if God gathered all of them together? on a consistent basis and we began to ask God for strategies, plans, and ideas for neighborhoods that are around the church, for neighborhoods that are in the city. And we began to, in one accord, contend and say, God, we're going to go after the harvest. We're going to, if it starts in that neighborhood, we're going to go after it. And I want to encourage you. There's things that are happening in our body already that that are, are, are helping to activate and equip us to go after the body. One of those things is Fridays. We're, we're, you know, Tim, the Shanahan's are giving food out. Every Friday morning, they're give, or every other Friday morning, they're giving food out to those who need food. And it's an amazing time to build relationship and to, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And I feel like that's a piece of it. But what would it look like for us to gather as a body and say, God, send us like an army, right? It says that we are an army, an army of the Lord, right? And an army is very strategic. They don't just go and take land. No, they strategize. They ask for wisdom. They get wisdom. Where do you, where, I'm telling you, God's heart is on the harvest. So The kingdom of God, it's like a net. And when that net comes together, it's thrown out and it brings all kind of fish. God desires to strengthen the net, to bring the net together and to see it thrown out into the harvest of Lakeland. 
And I, I'm telling you, many fish, by faith, many fish will come. And there's people in this room that burn to disciple, that burn for discipleship or have teaching gifts in their life. What would it look like to, to put families with families and see families discipled into the ways of God? So, I wanna, can everyone just close your eyes? Holy Spirit, we, we say come. We want your heart for our personal lives, for our families, for our spheres of influence. But God, even for your harvest, even for a city, God, for souls. God, it's expanding your kingdom. It's building your kingdom. God, building kingdom is building people, God. So we say, would you do it? Would you do it in this body in a greater measure? God, would you loose a burden for the harvest? And real quick, if you feel a burden for the harvest, or you feel like God has called you to the harvest field, or to steward the harvest, I want you to come down on this side. If you have a burning desire to see the lost saved, you have a burning desire to see greater measures of even evangelism. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm not a huge fan sometimes of the word evangelism because it separates us from the simple gospel of loving our neighbor. And then, and then another call I want to do is if, if you felt like you've gotten away for the simplicity of the two greatest commandments. I just want you to come down over here. If you just want God to burn in your heart and bring you back to that first love of the two great commandments, to love yourself and to love your neighbor. Man, look how many people down here burn for the harvest. You know, it says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The labor, but I'm looking in this room and I see many laborers. I see laborers for the harvest field. And I'm encouraged. And I know God's been doing it in this church and He's gonna continue. But I just feel, I just felt just like a clarion call just for more, just to shift us into even greater dimension of having eyes for the harvest, of getting outside of ourselves and saying, God, what can I do to partner with the harvest of Lakeland? And so right now, I just want you, hey, babe, can you come up here? I just want you, between you and the Lord, begin to say, Lord, here I am. I say yes to the harvest. I say yes to the harvest of Lakeland. I say yes to the harvest in my workplace. I say yes to the harvest in my business, in education. And then can I have those who can come and pray, whoever's the, the prayer leaders, and we can just pray. We're just gonna, we're gonna really take 10 minutes. Father, we declare God, we declare even now, God, even just a greater shift in this body for the harvest, a greater shift of loving our neighbor. God, the simple gospel. We say give us strategies, give us wisdom. Father, I even pray that you would loose prophetic dreams in this body. Uh, we pray a divine loosing of prophetic dreams, God, that would release your desires for the city that will release your desires for the harvest. <clears throat> God, I thank you for activating your people in the simple gospel. I thank you that it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about your love and releasing your love. Oh, that we would carry the love, that we would carry the love of Jesus wherever we're found. God, that 
Holy Spirit, you would help us as a body, that you would help us in our individual lives to carry love, to be love. God, I even just declare over this body, God, I speak to the gifts of God on the inside of them, and I say, come alive in Jesus' name. I say, let gifts come alive in Jesus' name. Give, give, gifts that men and men. Declare that the gifts of God, we say, align the body. God, we say, gather the troops. God, that you would gather us and that you would impart your missional heart on the inside of us. We say, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in the government of Lakeland in businesses in Lakeland in the education system in Lakeland in arts and entertainment in Lakeland in religion in Lakeland we want to partner with your heart Lord I declare God that there's pioneers and forerunners all through this room. We say, let the pioneers arise with vision. Let the forerunners arise with clarity. I declare that there's people in this room that would carry a grace to shift realms of society, that would carry strategies to bring your kingdom to see righteousness prevail in a city. We say let intercession and mission break forth in a greater measure in this body. Intercession and mission. Here we are, send us, O God. Here we are, send us. Send us, O oh God. A grace to yield to your Holy Spirit. A grace to yield to the mission you've put on the inside of us. A grace to yield to the assignments of God found upon our lives. Just declare clarity. Clarity, clarity of mind, clarity of purpose and vision. Let the pioneers arise. Let the pioneers break forth. Even so now, from this day, God, let pioneers break forth into Lakeland, carrying your heart to infiltrate a city. with us part of this family for the past two years we've been speaking into covenant community and family and healthy relationships and during that time I feel like the Lord just gave me a picture for the past two years he's been turning the ship it's been a good healthy turning of the ship but it's reached its turning point to now it's facing a different direction and it's in the, it's facing the direction he's wanted us to go and now is the time to go the ship has made a course correction according to God's will And 
now is the time. Prepare yourself. Make yourself ready. There's going to be a flourishing of gifts and graces coming forth from this body. Isaac this morning is just the the messenger to say the time is now we're not just a family but we're a family on a mission so Father we ask for your mission would you infuse us with Matthew 22 to love you with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and to love our neighbor likewise Fill us with your love for a lost people. Fill us with your love for a lost people. So I believe the Lord wants us to just lift our hearts to him now and, and to pray. Let your heart be poured out to the Lord. He is hearing. He's listening. In this moment, he's sealing things inside of you. Things that you've pushed to the side. Things that have become numb because of busyness, because of distraction. And the Lord wants that cry that's inside of your heart to be reignited. For it to be reignited and to catch fire again and to burn and he wants you to lift your voice to him and cry out because that's the Holy Spirit crying and groaning inside of you saying yes God have your way yes Lord what you made me for do that thing in me let it come forth in the name of Jesus let babies be birthed all throughout this room Lord let your purposes let your desires come forth and let them Conquer our hearts. Let us be controlled and conquered by the love of Christ again. Let the flame arise in the desires that are inside of your people, Lord. Let's lift our voices to the Lord. Just lift your voice. Let the cry come out of you. Let the groan come out of you. It's okay. There's permission to cry out to your Father. He's sealing things inside of you that he wants to come to life again. Lord, breathe upon every heart upon those desires that have lain dormant for too long. Breathe upon the passion again. Breathe upon every heart and soul, we pray. Jesus. Right, let's keep lifting our voice to the Lord for just a few minutes. Lord, we bless you. desire and hunger for you, Jesus. 
It's you we gather for. It's you, Lord, we cry out for. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're awakening hunger and thirst for the man, Christ Jesus. A longing, a desperation, the call of an engaged bride, not yet married, longing for our wedding day. That's all a bride can think about before she's married is the day of her wedding. We're not there yet, church. We're looking forward to that day. And he is stirring in our hearts as his bride to long for him. He said that's why we would fast is because he wouldn't be here. We've gotten too content that Jesus is not in our midst. We need to mourn and fast because he's not here. And it would be better if he was here in our midst. It would be better if he was ruling and reigning in Jerusalem over the nations. It would be better for him than Trump or any other leader on the earth to lead man to all peace. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for hunger. Thank you for thirst and desperation, God. Thank you. Bring the fasted lifestyle to your people. May we strip away even the good things because they're not good enough without you. They're just not good enough without you in our midst. Jesus. Jesus. Hunger and thirst in your bride for more of you and less of programs, more of you and less of outreach even. Let it be from a place we're so gripped with who you are that we want to go forth where you are. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this body. Thank you for what you're doing in your bride globally. blessing over your people. May we behold you and become like you. How can we tell others about a Jesus that we're not captivated by? How can we make disciples if we're not smitten by you? Thank you for dove's eyes to see only you, to long for you, a chore, but an overflow, a longing to know you, to connect with you. child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman says the Lord enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings do not spare lengthen your courts strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited week it was actually with uh, pops cliff and mama herndon mama jan and i felt like the lord spoke to me about isaiah 54 for this body as we got done meeting with him it made me realize that we need more leaders and we need more healthy believers in the body who are ready to go there's something about them and the maturity they carried and all that they're doing and all that the Lord is doing through them that I feel like he spoke to my heart that he wants to enlarge Hadafim family. And 
I know that's cliche at some level where, of course, he wants to do that. But I just felt that he, he just whispered that to me, that it's time to expand. But in order for that to happen, we need to be a healthy people. That you have to get in, you have to find your lane and get in your lane. That you can't do it all, that I can't do it all. I'm seeing some responsibilities that I carry here in the church. There's things that Dave and I have to do here that we probably shouldn't be doing because we should be doing other things. And I feel like there's just gonna be some shifts that are gonna happen. Shifting of responsibilities. Passing things along here and there. But what's important and what we're looking for is we're looking for trustworthy people. So as we're moving into a new year in 2023, can you start making yourself ready? Can you be a trustworthy son or daughter to the Father that he would entrust you with some things? That even the leadership team here could entrust you with some things? The Lord wants to expand he wants to bring increase here, but it's not going to happen just through the leadership. It's going to happen through you. And I just know that I know that he, that the Father, he needs you and he wants you to be healthy enough to handle that. So, Father, I pray that you would help us as a people. That you would continue to lead us as your people, as your sons and daughters? Would you bring correction where there needs correction and would you bring direction where there needs to be direction? Would you bring expansion, Lord, where there needs to be expansion, Lord? Would you bring decrease where there needs to be decrease? Father, would you bring strength where there needs to be strength? And would you make us weak in the right places? Father, would you prepare us? Would you make our hearts ready for all the things that you desire to do? feel it. I hope some of us are ready for some change. There's going to be some good, healthy changes in this body. Some of you are ready. Some of you are not ready. Some of you, your character is where it needs to be. For some of you, your character is not where it needs to be. Is it okay to say that? trustworthy. Some of you maybe are not so trustworthy. Some of you have compassion. Some of you don't have much compassion. And it's okay with where you're at right now, but you can't stay there. If God is going to bring increase here, you're going to have to change. I'm going to have to change. ready for change, church. It's coming. Father, I pray your blessing, God, over your people. Thank you, God. I pray that you would fill us with your love for us. Fill us with a fresh love from you, Lord. And I pray that even as Isaac said, we would slow down hold of our neighbors and love well and live well and do everything you've called us to do in Jesus name Amen Amen We hope this message has been a blessing to you 
If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.